Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. I'm in a New York state of mind. New York. New York City is the place where they said he'd be. Says he was the closest thing New York had to a dirty Harry. And no good deed ever goes unpunished. That FBI agent guy, somebody told me he's got your phones tapped. The kind of old-fashioned cop who preferred working the streets and making arrests to taking tests toward promotion. All points bulletin for the Bo Deedle Show on the Gas Digital Network. Here's your host, Bo Deedle. Hey, welcome to One Tough Podcast. I'm joined here, like always, with my man, Carlo. Good morning. Yeah, today uh, we we supposed to have uh, an actor, producer, playwright, and screenwriter, one of my dear friends. A little late on the draw, but he's coming. A man who you all know, and we're going to have him here, we hope. Chaz Palmateri. And we want to welcome Chaz as soon as he drops in here. But in the meantime, Carlo, it's me and you. Let's talk about with some current events. I didn't it's get too much sleep week. last a night. a lot of stuff to talk about. So you, why didn't you get a lot of sleep? Because I didn't either. Well, I watched the greatest football game I've ever seen between the uh, the Chiefs and the Rams last night. They scored like 105 total points. It was a record breaker. Two great quarterbacks. My God, I couldn't go to sleep. But, you know, I find myself, Carlo, when I'm watching football sometimes, I have access to the porno channel, too. So I split, I go back and forth from the porno channel. Sometimes I try to squeeze one out in between the commercials. You ever do that? No, I never tried that. It's good keeping the pressure off, keeping the pimples off your face. You should try it. You need to do it a little bit, Carla. Get the pressure released, okay? Get the okay? pressure out. That's a good way. Yeah. Especially if you have money on the game. You know, you no, might, I mean, it's, it's not game. about the money. It's just that I, I think I'm addicted to porn. Are you addicted to porn, no. Carla? You like porn? Yeah, what's wrong with it? No, no, I mean, I like I, I, I like it's a normal thing. I turn the TV on. I, I got to hit the porn channel to see what activities are going on. You know, I don't pay for it. I just a monthly. So I get all that kind of entertainment. But it's fun. It's you multi, it's a multimedia experience. You, have, you, you, you have sports. You, have, you got everything. Well, you know what's good about it is you don't have to talk to anybody. It doesn't cost you any money. You don't have to say, honey, can, I, can we like, do it? You just do it. When it's over with, it's all over with. One, you don't spend any money. Two is just no argument. Three, you sleep well too. So, Carlo, start jerking off a little bit more. And then you get back Relax. to the game. Yeah, you go back to the game. But uh, uh, that was a great game last night. You're not picking up the papers here. What's going on with my former president, President Obama and Michelle Obama? I'll never forget one thing, Carlo. What she said when President Obama got elected, that she was embarrassed to be an American. Well, I guess the Obamas ain't embarrassed anymore. I just I think picked- she, I, Well, I think the exact quote is, I wasn't ever proud to be an American until today. Right. You know, she should have did get on a banana boat and get the frig out of the country. How dare you not be proud to be an American? Now she's proud. I picked up the paper the other day. They have one of those uh, Clinton specials. What do they call those things that they get the money in? The foundation? 
Right. They raised over $250 million for the foundation. They have a net worth of over $75 million. I guess she's happy to be an American now. Kiss my shade balls all he is. Plus that book deal she got. Yeah, $60 million. And then she, she knocks everybody, knocks everything. You know what? You have a fine husband, fine, beautiful daughters. You got a fine house. Now you got a lot of cash there. What's her first name? Michelle. Michelle, Suck it up already. It's a great country. They did well by you. Enough already. Please, please. I hate She could whistle the Star Spangled Banner all the way to the bank now. Right. So, I mean, she should be saying some nice things. And, and then the other thing that really pisses me off, we just had another shooting in Chicago. I think we're up to about 6,000 murders in the last 10 years. And for some reason, this the current uh, president uh, is getting involved. And I talked to some people from Donald Trump, President Donald Trump's office. I told him I'd like to get actively involved. There are some avenues that we could get involved to stop those senseless shootings of innocent people in Chicago. 6,000 dead in the city of Chicago, more than in Kabul, Afghanistan. Wow, and that's not even the worst city in America. I mean, if you look at St. Louis and Baltimore and New Orleans, there's there's the murder rates are way higher. Nobody's but take it easy, Carlo, because I know one thing about you. You like eating those uh, the, the 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 what they call uh, the tacos and all that shit because you like Mexico. You know how many murders are in Mexico from January first to June thirtieth? How many Mexicans? How many people killed in Mexico? I'd like for you to tell me. 30,000. They're online between 60 and 65,000 murders in Mexico. Who the fuck would want to go to that, that fucking swill hole pit? All I can say is right now, you're not safe in Cancun. You're not safe anywhere in Mexico. Mexico is a fucking toilet bowl, and they're online 60,000 murders, and not just drug dealers. Regular tourists like you, Carlo. I don't want you going to fucking Mexico, otherwise they ain't gonna have no producer. That's right. But I, a lot of the violence is from the drug. Uh, but Carlo, Carlo. But let's just talk about it because it, ta- it connects oh. back to New York. So El Chapo, <sighs> the alleged kingpin. Yeah, of the Carlo. Mexican cartel. You don't listen to your trial. uncle Bo, do you? You don't listen to a man who's experienced walked off. I just told you. 60,000 fucking murders. Not all drug dealers. Not at all. You have people, tourists, that are getting whacked. Their heads are taken off. What do you live in a potted no, plant? I think the violence is fueled a lot by the cartel. So violence. when are you going to Mexico again? Whenever I'm going to get Well, I'm putting deal. a fucking life insurance policy. Before you go, I want to put a fucking million dollars on your fucking ass when you go to Mexico. Because I want to collect. If they're going to whack you, I'm going to collect, Okay. Everybody wins. Yeah, everybody wins. And you fucking drink that water, you'll be shitting you'll be shitting until your lungs come out of you. Please. Dirty, filthy, disgusting Mexico. Highest murder rate. You got better chance to go to Kabul, Afghanistan than go to Mexico and survive it. Okay? I don't think there's any beaches in Kabul though. That that's the only problem. Excuse me, Carlo. Everything is not a fucking beach in sand, okay? And you don't drink alcohol there. Oh, please. So you talk about this little chapo douchebag? Yeah, so what, what do you think? I mean, he, he's on trial. They think it's the craziest trial ever. The people, he's on total lockdown. They shut down the Brooklyn well, I don't think it's crazy. Thing. I mean, the guy is noted to be, have killed many, many people, families, police officers, 
corrupt police officers, non-corrupt police. This little piece of shit, they should have the death penalty, and they should, you know what they do? I'd like to kill him. I'd like to be in charge of the execution. I'd get the jalapenos. I'd get the hottest fucking devil peppers, put them in a big barrel, and sink that motherfucker into a, a barrel of jalapeno peppers and let him die for the peppers. Fuck him. Once they throw him in the peppers, though, that's it. The drug war's over. We solved it. No, no. So but he got caught. It? Then he there'll got... be another guy. Well, we do them one at a time, baby. That's what but we do. Not... How, how do we fix the problem totally? You fix the problem by education. You fix the problem, first of all, you stop these cocksucking fucking uh, uh, doctors that are prescribing Oxycontins. You know addicted the pharmaceutical people. industry? You know yeah. what they spend on lobbying a year? Right. And that's what we have to stop. He has to more than any other industry, more than oil, right. more than anything. And now they come out with something. I talked to my friend Ira Rose from 60 Minutes. They want to now start giving out Oxycontin if you're depressed. Every fucking body's depressed. Now they want to make you a fucking heroin addict with Oxycontin. It's ridiculous. That is the problem. When you have demand for these fucking drugs, that is the problem. You got to stop the demand, educate kids. You're fucking yourself up there. Nobody wants to solve the demand issue. I think that's the big problem. Well, with demand, you're going to have the illegal drug fucking Because the they could cut the supply, but then the profits just go oh, up. Oh, yeah, but you asked me what, you, more what has to be done. Drug. It has to be done at an early age with education. Like, we know about smoking. When I was a kid, everybody fucking smoked cigarettes. Now you look at the, on TV, these advertisements with the fucking people dying. They go... <laughs> with a hole in their fucking throat. Yeah, no fingers because of smoking. Need more of these advertisers. Scare the fucking shit out of young kids. You're going to use drugs? Open up one of those fucking metal fucking boxes at the coroner's office, the medical examiner. This young man died of an overdose. This beautiful girl, show a beautiful picture of a beautiful young girl. She died of drugs also. This is what we got to do, Carlo. We can solve it. Education, let people see. When I was a kid, they had dare. You know, you know, they had a cop come in and tell you how bad drugs were. But they don't. I don't think it really helps anything because people still do drugs. Oh, so what do we do? Just let us uh, let our, our, our whole... I think you have to do decriminalization and legalization. Oh, you sound like a real penis licking liberal. Please call him. Oh, legalize heroin. No, 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 no. Not heroin, but I think. If you start at the federal level with marijuana, legalization. no, I'm uh, I'm I'm for legalization of marijuana. So then, you know, a lot of the demand will shift to that. Oh, what do you mean? People will just smoke pot? Yeah, you don't think it's a gateway drug? Do you, what do you think? I think Carl? for some people it's a gateway drug, but I think there's, you know, there's just a certain segment of the population that's just always going to do drugs. Well, you know, it's like they tried it with it's pro, like alcohol yeah. too. I mean, look, you have a one or two drinks. I mean, all my friends are in this AA shit. They're all, uh, they're all fucking, uh, they don't know how to say one's enough. Well, we got our man coming in here now. All right. We got Chaz coming in all here. Right. Carlo, it was nice talking to you. Like always, Carlo, you didn't say anything really productive. Well, You're I going to, to Mexico. You're going to shoot heroin in fucking Mexico. And I'm going to have to, I'm putting an insurance policy on your ass. One million dollars. No matter how you get fucking whacked, how you fucking die, I'm collecting, Carla. Let's go to Prudential today, okay? That's like the over-under. Yeah, well, I mean, you keep going back to Mexico, you keep rolling that fucking dice. I can't understand, Carla. You have a beautiful girlfriend there, please. If you don't care about yourself, care about your girlfriend. All right, maybe we'll just go to Miami. Okay. 
Okay, you got the W Hotel, David Edelstein. Nice fucking hotel there. You got sand. Please, I gotta, I gotta, I'm like your pop here, your second pop. I gotta look after you, you know what I mean? All right, I think you convinced me. I think, I think Florida is the way to go. I'll Good, stay if we domestic. Did, if we did something this morning, I'm glad I convinced you about not going to Mexico. And all our listeners, hey, what we should do is a show about places to visit. We're going to we do, do a weekly segment. We'll do Bo's travel tips. Bo's travel, you know, a we, lot of people are playing vacations. Wintertime, a lot of people go away for Christmas. A lot of people don't know. You know, uh, I'm, I'm locked into the State Department. I get directives in the State Department of dangerous places all over the world. A lot of people think, oh, let's go to Europe. Let's go to Greece. Greece is one of the worst crime areas there is now. Rome, uh, London, Paris. <laughs> I mean, it ain't the way it used to be. Uh, you know, travel these days, it's horrible. It's horrible. And I think we'll do a segment of safe places to go on fucking vacation. What do you think, Carlo? Yeah. I think I think our listeners would like that. People are trying to get their plans in order. You know, it's the holiday season. People Why don't you go to, to fucking Brazil to the Rio? What, to the Rio. No, go to, you go to Brazil. The fucking robbery rate in Brazil is over the top, too. They'll cut your cunes off and stuff them in your mouth. You know what I mean? That doesn't sound too good. No, no, no. You got to straight up. Oh, here's my man. All right. Joining us right now is uh, the legendary Chaz Palminteri. Chaz, welcome to One Tough Podcast. We're very happy you're here. Well, listen okay. to me. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Well, thanks, Bo. Thank you. This thanks, is man. not just a regular person here. This is my fucking friend. Do you know Mr. Palminteri <clears throat> was honored with me in Philadelphia with the, by all the police, we were on the floats, and then we, what else did we do? We did some, oh, no, then I went to see your one-man show. That's correct. In Philly, yeah, Philly, before yeah. you hit Broadway. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, Chaz, I'm really excited. You know, I had some people, I had Chuck Zito last week over here. Oh, Chuck was there. He, okay. would, talk, he would just talk about beat, beating people <laughs> up and shit, you know, but Chuck's a good guy, and yes, Dave, David Arquette. We've had a whole a whole slew of some I know. cool people. I know. I hear some great things about your show. You know. Well, we you know had, what's uh, nice. Catherine Narducci a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, Catherine. Catherine. Yeah, but you know what's great about this uh, <clears throat> is we can say what we want. Right. We're not. You can curse. You can say what you want. <laughs> like I was just talking about uh, people wanting to go to fucking Mexico. This one over here. Thirty thousand people were murdered from January first to June thirtieth in Mexico. Thirty thousand. They're online to have sixty thousand murders. Not all drug deals, tourists. People don't know what's going on in Mexico. Please, anybody. I get this from the State Department. Anybody, do not. Cancun's not safe. Acapulco's really? not safe. It's very dangerous in Mexico. Just a little something for sure. your travel tips. Thank you. Go to fucking Miami. Fuck, uh, fuck <laughs> Mexico. But listen to me. Where were you born? I was born in the Bronx. 180 Belmont Avenue. For uh, West Palm Hospital on, in, in the Bronx. So you're the original guy. For, you know, I used to go up there years ago. Yeah. With, uh, when uh, Joey Denty had a sure. joint, right? And I used to go up there with Joe. I love Joe Denty. He was a really wonderful guy. And my friend Pasquale had a Rigoletto up there. Rigoletto, and all. sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed it. It's a little out of the way. When I was running for mayor, we popped around up there. Right. But that's a great little food area there, great. Belmont. It's the greatest place yeah. in the world. Yeah, I love that place. So when you grew up, you were both parents were Italian? Both parents are Sicilian, yes. Oh, my mother's from Catania. And my mother's from Catania. Yeah, your my mother? Mo my mother's from Catania, and my father is from Menfrey. Wow, my my mom's long 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 gone. I got one uncle left. He fought in World War Two. He's got stage four cancer. I'm a 
Go there tomorrow morning. I'm visiting them in Naples. And I drive up to see Margo in the... Uh, you know, and she sends her love to oh, like, please up at this Sarah, Sarah, Sarasota. You know, when you first grew up, what'd you do? What was what, what did my man Chaz do? What kind of business? Well, you mean growing up where I was? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I hung out with my friends. I, I loved growing up there. It was you uh, rob cars or anything? No, no, oh, okay. no, no. I, we we got in trouble. You no, know, but we got in trouble. We, we got to, in trouble. Burglarized. Yeah. Uh, we, okay. we used to have this pipe factory. We used to break in there. But I grew up with all the gangsters in Ozone Park, yeah. oh. with Joey Scopo, uh, Johnny Gotti, the father, right. Ralph Scopo. And we, I was telling Carlos something the other day. I, I'm going to ask this question. In Ozone Park, in the because we're about the same age, in the early 60s, we had a massive heroin problem with the Italian yes. kids in Ozone Park. I know 10 kids that overdosed yes. on heroin. A lot of people think it's just black and Hispanic neighbors, but in the Italian neighbors, we had a bad problem in the 60s. Do you remember that? Yes, very much bad in my neighborhood, too. It was really bad, yeah. I remember all the guys walking around. I mean, they're all dead now. Well, you know what? The funny thing, Ralph Scopo, the father, he yeah. was the, uh, all the construction. He was the, all five crime families, he used to dish out the money with all the unions, carpenters, yeah. union, labor union. So Ralph Scopo got to like me because I was a kid that used to be in fucking good shape, right? So I was the only kid who used to wear long sleeve shirts because all the kids was, had tracks that were shooting heroin. Right. Father took a liking to me. Father became one like a second father to me. True story. Then when I became a cop, he goes, "You can't come to the club anymore, Bo." I said, "You're like a father to me. What are you talking right. about?" He goes, "You don't you don't understand what goes on." Right. And I didn't understand. Right. I went with him to see Frank Sinatra in the garden. Right. I'm sitting in the front with Ralph Scopo, Scopo Senior. Man, I was a man. All that, and he, I used to drive him up to meet Fat Tony Salerno, the Colonial. Yeah. This before I became a cop, so I got to know every freaking wise guy in the world, right. and I was always boat a cop. So when I became a cop, they asked me to work in organized crime. I says I can't. I said I know everybody. Let me work on the streets. Let me lock up guys that are robbing pe- women, right. murdering people, and that's what I did. But right. I always had a nice, and to this day, I got a very good rapport with everybody. Yeah, and I never did anything to anybody. I right. wouldn't lock up anybody because I never had any of those dealings. But yeah, what, so let's go back to you growing up. What kind of work did you do? Well, I really started singing when I was seventeen, eighteen. I started singing in a band. And that's how it happened. I was I was on the corner on Belmont Avenue. Uh, it was a place called the Office Lounge. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, that, place. that was like a little. It was on with, Tremont. That was like a little portrayed a little bit with the. Oh, that was in Jersey with the Four Seasons. Yeah, that was the Four Seasons. This place was called the Office Lounge. I was singing outside with a duo group, and all of a sudden the as we stroll along together and under stars uh, twinkling high above that's a great song so in love all we do just can't wait to get that jew (laughs) no it didn't go like that so uh (laughs) literally this is how it started there was a wise guy named little jojo from the neighborhood he walked he was he was he came outside he was smoking a cigarette he said hey man you sound pretty good he goes why don't you come inside and sing with the band and i said I never sang with a band before. He goes, come on, come with me. And he brought me inside. I was 18 years old. Which joint was that? Which one? Which joint? Uh, office Lounge on Tremont Avenue. And he walks in there, brings me in there, and he says to the guy, he says, hey, my friend wants to sing with the band. He says, I'm sorry, sir, that's not very professional. <laughs> and little JoJo said, come here. And he put his head down because the stage was high. He said, he sings with the band and the whole band gets thrown in the fucking street. <laughs> now, all of a sudden, the guy looked at me and went, what key? 
And I, <laughs> and I sang with the band, and each week I would go back there, and the guy started paying me, and then I got my own band, and then I started, uh, that's how I started singing in a band. And that's what you were doing? You, you make enough money with that? I was okay. Or you do all the stuff on the side? No, no, I was doing okay. I was you didn't do hubcaps? No, no hubcaps, no. Well, I did something. I mean, I think about something. Well, come on, so. Chaz, this is, the statute of limitations fucking over. It's you true. know what I mean? I'll never forget. You I remember, oh, you don't remember Pontiac Cadillac. We broke at the Pontiac Cadillac. <laughs> 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 there was a Cadillac dealer over there, man. Nothing personal. Yeah. It was not personal. It wasn't personal. You know, you, you but growing make, up, I'll never yeah. forget. I'm with my gumbadi, Ronnie Strapone. Yeah. Just to get to put the tie in over Johnny Sears' head when I was sucker punch. Yeah. So we're in Manhattan. We're at the Adam's Apple. And I used to have a one-eyed beetle. It was a beetle, but one headlight was out. Yeah. So before it became a cop, I was working construction. And we get out, we have two fucking flats where the, we're in a parking lot. And there's one other beetle over there in the center of the parking lot. Got four good tires. I look at Ronnie. I say, Ronnie, we got to get home back to uh, Ozone Park. Right. I say, let's do that car. So I was strong. I, I We had no jack. So I picked the fucking, you know, with a beetle, if you the engine's in the back. Exactly. You, you could pick the you front up. The we front. put it in a box. We stripped the two fucking tires. This poor fuck, we left it We left it on the ground. This poor fuck came back and he had no tires on. It wasn't personal. It was just we had to get home. You had to get home. <laughs> I understand. But it wasn't, uh, I, didn't mean, I didn't mean to be mean or anything like that. But very interesting. When did you decide with the story? We all know about the Bronx. Yeah. Probably one of the, the great five gangster movies ever made. Oh, thanks. And I put that right in there with Goodfellas yeah. and, and Godfather. Because I love the fucking movie. I, uh, What's not like you, your life? I'm not. Yeah, I'm not pumping bricks up your ass. But really? I love the fucking movie. <clears throat> so it was it was really your life? Was your dad yeah. a bus driver? My dad was a bus driver. My dad was a bus driver, and uh, I saw this killing when I was uh, sitting on the stoop, just like just like in the movie, exactly. Mm. And all of a sudden, like when the, he turned to me, he looked at me, and I looked at him, and all of a sudden, next minute, I know, bam! My father had me by my arm, was dragging me upstairs. And then the cops came up. Like in the movie, I embellished the whole thing about the lineup. Yeah, yeah. But what really happened was the cops came up. My, they just came up, knocked on my door, and they said, look, we, we know the kid was st sitting there. We want him to come down and identify. And, and my father said, he's not going nowhere. And, my, and I said, I didn't see anything, Dad. And the guy, I said, I didn't see anything. I knew yeah. who did it. But even at that age, I knew that you just don't rat, you know? Yeah. And that was it. Yeah, now, you know, it was just funny. <clears throat> when I grew up with uh, Scopo, and God, well, Gotti was a little older than me and Joey, right. Joey Scopo, but Ralphie was my age. And I used to have to be home. My father was born in Germany. My mother was born in Catania, Sicily. Right. So I'm a half fucking breed. But right. I, I don't think I'm German. I think I'm all Italian. But, I think so. But when my father, uh, my father was very strict. He used to beat me with a fucking bulk FD. His initials used to be in my ass. If I looked at my daughter, uh, my daughter, my mother wrong, he'd beat the fucking, she used to call me a little fucking guinea. And I said, what, what does little fucking guinea mean? He used to look at me because I looked very Italian. But I had to be home at 8, 8.30. So the guys in the neighborhood used to go to Idlewild Airport. They used to go fucking shopping over there, you know, right, sure. truck, you're hijacking and shit and, and, and stealing stuff on cargo. But I had to be home at 8.30 when my old man, even when I was 14 years old, 15 years old, so my father kept me fucking straight. My when father I, did too. Yeah. When I wrote the book, One Tough Cop, I said to my father, thank you, who I only got to know after I became a man, 
because I didn't realize if he wasn't strict with me, I would have been a fuck. Absolutely. I would be dead today, or I would have been in yeah. jail because I would have been the best fucking whacker there is. Because like being a cop, a detective, I had to be the best. If I was a fucking wise guy, I would have had to be the right. best fucking hit guy. Yeah. So no matter where your life takes you, I always say, work the hardest. If you sweep factories, right. sweep it the best. Yeah. You kill people, kill the best. That's the way it is yeah, in my life. My mom and dad, they were very strict with me. I had to be home. They always said, you hang out late at night, you get in trouble. That's it. Only bad things could happen. Yeah. Only bad things. Yep. Yeah. Nothing good happens late at night. I got to ask you a question. Yeah. The black girlfriend. you have the black girlfriend? Absolutely. Had yeah. many black girlfriends. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. For some reason, I'm, as I'm getting older, I get a little tinge to that. <laughs> I, I get a little tinge to that. A tinge. Yeah, no, I, I, I think black women are very attractive. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it just happened to be a black girl. that I mean, I dated white girls, Italian girls, Spanish girls, mm. but this one black girl when I was 18, you know, I just was crazy about. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I, I could see that. It's wonderful growing up like that. Where did When did you start with the idea about doing this? Because you remind me of one other guy I know. We got to get him on a show. Uh, Stallone. Now he came out with this new fucking boxing movie. Yeah. I love Stallone. I love Sylvester Stallone. And Stallone, I met when he was going to play me back in 1985. I met right. him. But the point it was with Stallone when he did the the, the screenplay for Rocky. Right. They wanted to take it away. He goes, I'm same not, thing with me. That's what I want to know. Sure. Because I look at you and I think of Stallone yeah. right away. You said, "Fuck you. You want to give me a million dollars?" I ain't taking it. I, ain't taking I want it. it. I want to be the actor. I want to make sure it works. Please go with that because that's exciting. Yeah. Well, the whole th the way it all happened was I was working as an actor in in L.A. Then finally I ran out of money, as all actors do. You run out of money. <clears throat> I said, "What am I going to do?" I said, "Well, you know, I used to bounce and work the door in New York because I used to box. I can handle myself, okay." And all of a sudden, I got a job at a. Where'd you work as a bouncer in New York? Yeah. Oh, the limelight. Remember the line? Get the fuck out of here. I was the first guy there. I was the first door. Get out of here. What years are we talking about? 82. Holy shit. 1982. Wait, we're not that age. We're not that We're not the same age then. How no, old are you? 60, I'll be 67. Well, I'm 60. I'll be 68. Yeah. We are the same age. We are the same age. But I was a cop. I used to drink in there. I used to go in there. Uh, I was the first guy at the door. Peter Gation. I was his main guy. Wow. We used to go to the Adam's Apple. Then we yeah. went to Studio 54. But... Yeah, so, I got to admit one thing to you. Yeah. You were at the limelight. Were you in the front door? Yeah. I was the guy that the guy in back of the car that got hit in the fucking head with a blackjack. I was the guy that blackjacked the guy. I just want to admit to you. Because the bouncers came over <laughs> to me. And that. they go, Bo, what, what's up? I said, I don't know. Nothing. The guy's fucking laying on the ground. I did it. The guy lived. I didn't right. kill the fucking guy. But I just have to apologize to you guys. Thank you. Okay, good. And so I... I get a job in Beverly Hills at this really swanky club, and I'm there, and I'm, and I, you know, I'm making, I'm supplementing my income, you know, trying to make money. And all of a sudden, one night, this guy comes walking over, really nasty to me, grabs the rope. I said, "Hey, hey, take it easy." And he looks at me, and goes, "Don't you know who I am?" I said, "Yeah, you're the guy's not getting in tonight." That's <laughs> Because when the guy says, don't you know who I am? You're an asshole. I'm sorry. I can't I can't deal with you. And the guy happened to be, he says, you'll be fired in 15 minutes. I said, really? Fuck you. And he was Swifty Lazar. Wow. Swifty Lazar, the biggest agent. This is a famous agent. The biggest called. agent in the world. Wow, really? And 15 minutes later, I was fired. I went home. I said, I got fired. The guy said, Chaz, I love you, man, but I got to let you go. Swifty has a lot of parties here. 
And he fired me. I went home. I sat at the edge of my bed. I said, should I go back to New York? Should I stay here? And there was a little sign, and there was a little card that said, the saddest thing in life is wasted talent. My father wow. wrote that line. And, right. and, I, and I carried it with me. I put it on my, on my television. I looked at that. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to waste <laughs> my life. If they won't give me a great part, I'll write one myself. I went to Thrifty Drugstore, got five tabs of yellow paper. And I said, I'm going to write about that killing I saw when I was a kid. And I started to write right there. And then you start putting, interjecting your, your relationship started, with your dad and all and that. My relationship with wow. my father, my so friends. So now when you get into the first, the first draft of this screenplay. Well, it was, it was a one-man show. I said, I'm going to play all the parts. Oh, so that was the original thing? That was thing? the original one. The first thing was the one-man show. And I said, so each week I would go back to my theater company and perform 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And at the end of 10 months, I had an hour and a half of this one-man show. I played 18 characters. My friend Peter Gation lent me the money. I produced it. Bo, bam! My life was like, all of a sudden, after two weeks of doing it, I got offered 250000 But they didn't want me, and they wanted somebody else to write it. I said, no, 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 no. I'm playing Sonny. I'm writing it. No. 500000 one million dollars. Every writer, director, producer, studio head was coming to see it. It was the hottest thing in the world since Rocky at that time, 15 years before. Finally, two weeks later, I get off the stage and somebody walks in and says, Robert De Niro's in your dressing room. You just saw the show. I said, Robert De Niro? They said, yeah. I walked in the dressing room. Bob De Niro's standing there. He goes, that's the greatest one-man show i ever seen. Wow. You did a movie. Wow. I said, yeah. He goes... He goes, listen, I know every, nobody wants you to do it. He goes, he goes, you should play Sonny. You should write it. I'll play your father. I'll direct it. Let's go partners. Holy fuck. And I'm he getting goes, chills. And he goes, and if you shake my hand, that's the way it'll be. I shook his hand. Wow. This wow. is the fucking Cinderella. You're like fucking Cinderella. You know that's what that, happened. Without the fucking glass slippers. I $200 in the bank and I turned down a million dollars. Wow. I'm getting chills because, I mean, I I, I, I know what happened. And I know De Niro. Yeah. And I, I, I also know the kid, too. And that's a whole yeah, other story. That's a whole other story. Yeah, well, I don't even want to get into it because that's just a waste of a good fucking life. He's that's in the quintessential movie about not wasting your life. And yeah. that's what he does. Yeah. Now, I hear he's on the road. He's trying to do Yeah, but, you know, my obvious reasons myself... Yeah, you know, I, I like the kid, but I can't be around him. No, me neither. I can't. No, I, I can't. And I understand you. You're one of our biggest supporters for cops. Absolutely. And you want to know something? This Christmas time, that young officer ain't going home to his family. He's not going home to his family. That's correct. And you know, I'm sorry. You know, you, uh, I, you know, I don't wish anybody bad, yeah. but I can't be around. I can't help you out. Yeah. So when you made it, did you guys film? You guys filmed a lot up there. In oh, the area, yeah. Not in. We didn't film in the Bronx. We filmed in Brooklyn and Queens. Oh, cause you, you cause like even if we went back to my old days, yeah. my old days, you got fucking uh, dot heads all over the fucking yeah. place. First of all, Alibaba, fucking whatever they call, what they call those people from there. What they call Bangladesh. them? Bangladesh. Some of those and Indians, all yeah. kinds of things. Pakistan. No, man. I mean, it's, it's not Italian phone. anymore. We couldn't close down our, our, our yeah. 187th Street. We couldn't close it down. And plus, I would have too many partners, and I didn't want them. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean. They all come from the A. They all come in. Jazz, you so, forgot me, Jazz. I'm going to help you out, Jazz. You come on. Care you you got to do what you got to deal do. with. That's <laughs> you. So, Jazz, you know when I mean. you were writing and workshopping the one-man play, when did you really know you had something? When did... It was, was it the whole while you knew you really... It was the first time I did the whole thing and they all stood up and started applauding and people were screaming and I went, holy shit. I think this... I thought it was good, but that's when I really knew it was great when, when that happened. You know, it's just funny. I had Chuck Zito here last week and Chuck's there like this. I said, Chuck, 
How the fuck come you weren't in that motorcycle scene from the fucking Bronx Tale? Who would have been better than right. Chuck? Right. He wanted to be in there. And the greatest line I do, uh, copyright infringement all the time, Chaz, now you just can't leave. Now you just can't leave. And I've used that fucking line yeah. a couple of times when guys were fucking assholes. And I look at them in the fucking eyes and say, you know what? Now you fucking can't leave. Right. And they get it. They, they get, get it. it. Maybe they didn't see the movie, but they know what the outcome of that yeah. is. You fucked with me so long. Now you fucking. He really said that. He said, now you. you know, it was, I was so said, cool. Yeah, with, and I was like, with, oh, shit. With you close and lock in the fucking door. Yeah. Man, that, yeah, I'm gonna watch like, this fucking movie again when I go. I, I'm gonna watch it. You know, I'm going. I'm going to Sarasota to see Margot flying out tomorrow. I got to see yeah. my uncle, World War II veteran. Yeah. He's 93, dying of bone cancer. I see him. That machine, and I'm watching the motherfucking movie. Yeah. I'm not watching football. I'm gonna watch it because the sons are there, and I'm gonna say we're watching a Bronx Tale yeah. because this is what life is about. Well, it, it, it really I love captures it. our neighborhood and what yeah. it was like to grow up there. Yeah. You know, it's like a time capsule, and that's why. I'm really excited about it. But I think it's more than a time capsule. I mean, now, I mean, it's been a one-man play. It's been a, a movie. It's now been a musical. Broadway musical. But I think it's become more than that. It's become more of part of the culture. Absolutely. You know, like we said, like Yeah, I but said, you know, you know, and also a lot of people don't realize, like, the De Niro part that plays there, the, the wise guy, you know, uh, Chad's had a dad. Yeah. Busted his fucking ass as yeah. a bus driver. People on the, uh, we used to have the old Q8 and shit, the yeah. Queens. And and then the other guy became like a second father yeah. to to you. And it was, I wasn't as young as you when I met Ralph Scopa. I met Ralph Scopa when I was 12 years old, 30. Right. He became like a second right. father to me. And, 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 and I tell you what, it, it kind of reflects our growing up. Yeah. Where we looked at them, the new cars, the fucking suits. Suits, yeah. And if you didn't get impressed with that shit, right. I don't know what impressed. I'll never forget the first time I saw Joey Scopo and John Gotti walking through the fucking feast on 101st Avenue, a Nativity's feast. Yeah. I said, motherfucking how cool do these two guys look right they walk down there and everybody's walking over hey joey hey ralph yeah, uh, right. johnny but i tell you it was so to look at it, if i didn't have a father that had Absolutely. his fist on me i think i could have maybe went that way very yeah. easy well the thing that makes bronx Tale really a great movie is that sonny the wise guy want, told me the same things as my father did go to school make something out of yourself don't be don't hang around here for some reason, don't hang around the corner like these other jerk offs. Yeah, yeah, that's what he said. That's yeah. exactly the word. These yeah. other jerk offs. And he said, you know, make something out of yourself. And I think I was his penance in life. He just wanted me to to do good. Yeah. And, you know, so I ended up doing good. So, so. Uh, you know, to me, like again, that's the end of the, the one of the great fucking movies. And I, I'll watch it. I'm gonna watch it on Thanksgiving night. I'm gonna call Margo up, great. and we're bringing it down. We're gonna watch it. But the other stuff. What are you doing with yourself now? I know you got the yeah. you got the show. But I got the show which I'm doing which I just was doing press for it. Yeah. I do these uh, junkets on the phone. You know how that is. Yeah. You got to do the junkets and I was doing press cuz the show's in Los Angeles now. I'm shooting a TV series in the city. Which one? I'm shooting Godfather of Hall. Oh, I had a part in that. Oh, yeah. you did? Yeah, what's his name? Chris? With Forrest Whitaker. Chris Broncato. Yeah. Chris Broncato called me up and said, Bo, you're going to be uh, uh, Benny Eggs Mangano. Oh, you're says, playing Benny Eggs? Oh, no, no, no. I was playing it. I was going to get him to shoot in fucking Rayos. Yeah. So Frankie, poor Frankie, God rest his soul, is gone. If yeah. Frankie was still alive, would have been done. The other guy, Ron Stracy, oh, we don't want to have any kind of negativity. He doesn't understand. Oh. Every fucking wise guy in the world went to Rayos, right? So I was setting up to, to do one day a shooting. All of a sudden... 
Ron Stracy says, uh, Bo, you can't shoot up here. I said, you got to be fucking kidding me. I said, Vinny Rayo used to tell me Lucky Luciano sat right there to yeah. fly Dutchman over there. So make a long story short, after Chris told me, Bo, you got Benny Eggs Mangano, I'm, I have Narducci over here. We're right. talking. She goes, oh, you'll be filming next week. I said, oh, really? She goes, Benny Eggs is filming. So I, I call up the, uh, I did the email yeah. Chris, and he goes, oh, uh, the studio made us use someone else. So they used this up fucking body. Are you playing Benny Eggs, Mangano? Who are you playing? I'm playing Joe, uh, Joe Bonanno. Oh, I thought you knocked me out of my... Oh, you look you look good. You'd be good, Joe Bonanno. I'm playing Joe but, Bonanno. Uh, so I got knocked out. So I got one of these. Oh, we're going to find another good part for you, Bo. Yeah. And, you know, I felt very bad because I really mentally... And, and Carlos knows the family very, very right. good. Making the son, right. and and we were. I was going to sit with the kid. His mannerisms. And I heard I look kind of like him. You shave my beard. Shave my fucking beard exactly. off. I look like Benny Eggs Mangano. Benny Eggs. And I and I met him up there with yeah. Fat Tony yeah. and I'm with Buckalo. I met him up there many times, and I was very excited about it. Yeah. And I got fucking blown up. But you know, I don't know. Some thank God, I don't depend on that to fucking eat. You yeah, know what yeah. I'm I feel sorry for actors yeah. that depend exactly. on those parts. So you know what? I'm not in. I'm in this Irishman big part. Oh, that's a big part. And I, I, I play uh, uh, Joe Glimpko from uh, Chicago. I introduced this fucking guy named Frank. Uh, what was his name? Frank Sheeran. Frank Sheeran, the uh, the Irishman. Uh. I introduced him to this other fucking guy, a union guy, a guy named uh, Jimmy Hoffa, played by Al Pacino. So I introduced De Niro yeah. to Pacino, and I'm in the I'm the the common denominator. Right, right. So I'm excited about that that's movie. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Benny Eggs, seventy four years old. He was on the stand. All he had to do was point out Chin Giganti. That's all he had to do is say, hey, is that the Godfather? Benny Egg says, the guy said to him, they said to him, if you point him out, you will go home now. He's facing life imprisonment, yeah. Benny Eggs. He goes, he goes, Sonny boy, you could sing, you could dance, but I don't know nothing. He went back to jail. Oh and in God. the front page of the New York, of the New York Daily News said, eggs don't break. Wow. I was looking forward to play because yeah. I knew I had met him. Benny and Eggs. I was so excited. So when you see Chris say, you know what? Bo, Bo says uh, his heart is broken. Yeah. But it could be unbroken. But a nice part. <laughs> you know, a nice thing. Maybe I the other part will be a part of a lifetime. You never know. You got to trust Yeah, yeah. But send my, my love and regards to Chris. I and will just tell him, him I'm a little disappointed. But I get it. And he, I'm he standing understands. by. I'm it's going to be a two-year series. So it's going to be around. I mean... Rayo's is known for that. I don't know. I don't understand the, the logic of they that. They want to rewrite history. That's what makes it alluring. It makes it sexy. So when I first started going up to Ray, my great aunt came from uh, my, my mother's aunt, came from 116th Street. So I right. used, to, used to have an L over there by was Second Avenue. Yeah. Or the L that used to be. So I used to go there when I was a kid. When I go visit, I was like 11, 12. We'd look, I'd look into Rayo's, a little dark. I smoked the cigars. Then when I became, uh, I used to write, drive. Uh, Ralph Scopo up to see Fat Tony's learn right. to to give out or pick up. I I never know what the fuck I right. got. I was seventeen years old. I right. wasn't a cop yet, so fuck you. Right. I I drove the wise guys up there and in Fat Tony. Then when I uh, became a cop, I just I worked in that area. And then when they raped the nun in a convent, and Our Lady of Mount Carmel, when they coughed twenty seven crosses oh, into yeah, the nun, yeah, yeah. my partner Tommy and I got one in Chicago, one in New York. But my whole point was. 
Years ago, you go to Rayo's, when I was a young cop in the early 70s, we'd drink at one end of the bar. My partner was a big Irishman, Tommy Collard, great cop, like right. John Wayne. And all the wise guys, that's how we met everybody there. We used to buy drinks back and forth. I wasn't investigating them. They knew that. Yeah. We were on the streets getting the robbers. They were robbing the old ladies and, the, and killing people on the streets. But... There would always be wise guys in there. Everybody would be wise guys. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, all the Hollywood shit birds came in there, yeah. and everybody. What well, I brought that fucking Warren Buffett up there, I think five times. That prick never picked up the check once. That cocksucker, Warren <laughs> Buffett. Tight. Yeah, it's tight. But I mean, yeah, I was a little disappointed about Rayos. I mean, how can you take history away? You want to erase fucking history? Well, you're trying to make so you're trying to make it something that it's not. The, the allure of allure. It is that. That's the allure. When of it. when Mamie Sheridan, whatever her name was for the New York Times, wrote the article in 1978. Right. Now, I have my original table since 77. Frankie gave me the first table Thursday night. I still have that table. When she wrote that article, everybody wanted to come up there for the allure of the guys with the cigars, the wise yeah. guys, and no one will fuck with your car. Are you kidding? You park your car in front of rails. Nobody fucks Nobody with fucks That with is that. the allure. If you want to take the allure away, and God rest my friend Frankie Pellegrino's soul, yeah. the greatest, one of the greatest guys in what the world. What a great guy. And like I said at his funeral, I was very fortunate to be uh, asked to say something at yeah. the funeral. And I said, you know what? Rayo's was like the dark ages. It was built in 1896. Nobody would go to the fucking joint. Just a few select few Italian businessmen. It was nothing. All of a sudden, 1973, this guy appears. He said he was a singer, a doo-wop group, and he was filling in as a bartender for two fucking weeks. He never left. That was Frankie Pellegrino. He made Reyes. He was Leonardo da Vinci. He was Michelangelo singing song yeah. politics. He was and is the man that made fucking Reyes Reyes. And that's it. Anybody wants to deny that, yeah. they, they don't know what the hell they're talking People about. People would say, speak, see Frankie. That's it. Think about it. Nobody yeah. would say, they would say, see Frankie. Yeah, but I tell you. So what other things besides The Godfather Harlem we, we were looking forward I'm to? I'm doing that. I'm writing a new play, a new Broadway show, yeah. uh, which I'm really excited about, and a, and a straight play, too. I'm working with Alan Menken again. Yeah. So, uh, you know, life is right. And my restaurant is doing fantastic. Yeah, well, where is your restaurant? restaurant listen. Oh, yeah, Chaz Palantari's, 30 West 46th Street, between 5th and 6th. One of the best Italian restaurants in the city. I'm going to take you and Margot there. Uh, well, we're going to go before Christmas. Me. Absolutely. We're going to go before Christmas. And uh, and what, what's what's like your your uh, signature dishes? God. You know what, Bo? I hate to say this, but we we make everything. Oh, the best awesome boco I've ever had. I love awesome boco, but I don't like the I don't like the rice. I, you know, I get my awesome boco. I like it plain, yeah. but I also like it with the greens instead. With the greens of, instead yeah. of the risotto. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. We make great fish, great steaks, great steaks. So well, let's go with the wives. Absolutely. Go before Christmas, we'll okay. go. But where is that again? It's on Thirty West Forty Sixth Street between Fifth and Sixth. Thirty West Forty Fifth. Forty Sixth. 46th. 46th Street. Between 5th and 6th. I got you. Yeah, now, now, it's, yeah. now it's burnt into my mind. Yeah. And you're doing good over there? Doing fantastic. You do pizzas there. too? No pizzas. No pizzas. It's okay. more of a high-end dining. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I like yeah. high-end. I yeah. like high-end. Yeah. 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 Really Carlo, we got a new joint. Yeah. So when I tell you make a fucking reservation, what are you going to tell me? I'll say let's make a reservation at Chaz's. 
That's it, man. That's it. And we welcome everybody. But again, we really want to thank you so much, Chad. Oh, it was great. It I was know, great. I know you're, you're so busy, but I was so excited when uh, Carla was able to nail you down. I said, wow. And uh, for people listening, Chaz is not an acquaintance of mine. Real Chaz friends. Palmateri is my friend. And if he called me at 3 o'clock in the fucking morning... You don't have to call me twice. I'll be there. <laughs> Thanks, and I, I mean that with all my heart. And I'm just so proud about how your life turned out from something like I grew up and you yeah. went, you went, you succeeded in your life and you're truly an amazing guy. And I'm looking forward to all the new stuff that you're in. Well, thanks, Bo. And you know what, Bo? I'm very grateful. And that's why you're successful because you're grateful. And I look at our lives and I say, we're playing with house money, man. That's it. We're playing with house money. That's man. it. When people say to me, Bo, how would you buy a pair of... John Loeb shoes for fifteen thousand dollars a few years ago when I was making a lot of money. I says, a pair? No, I bought two fucking pairs for thirty-two thousand. I said, you know why I could do that? Because I made that fucking money legally and I spend it the way I fucking want to spend sure, it. That's it. If I want to buy, if I want to all Ascot chain shirts, five hundred fifty dollars a fucking shirt, I do it. Paddock for fucking Felipe's, I don't give a fuck. Right. I made my money legally and I'll spend it. And you want to know something? My kids gotta learn one thing. Daddy ain't going to be there all the time. You got to earn and think for yourself. Because right. when you keep giving it, you got to teach them how to fish. Absolutely. Don't give them the fish, right? You're right. You're what absolutely you think, right. Carlo? I agree. You got to teach them. Hey, did you ever eat at uh, uh, Prince's Pizza, Prince Street Pizza? I don't know. I don't okay, so. listen. If you ever make your way down a village, yeah. Prince Street Pizza. Good? Fucking not good. The best. They do a pie, a, no, uh, uh, really. a square pie, and what they do is they put the cheese on first, then they put the sauce, and they put uh, the pepperoni so the pepperonis get real crispy. In, in Manhattan. In Manhattan. Right yeah. around the block from the old St. Patrick's. No, it's the old, you know, who's it? Remember, uh, what it was, was it? Uh, Ralphie? Ralphie's place? The original? Ray's original? Yeah. That's the joint. Prince Pizza. Yeah, you gotta go. I'll check it out. I always go to Lombardi's, which is great. Oh, Lombardi's are very good. It's I go to Lombardi's too, but this is very, very good. Well, I think the best pizza in the world, and I'll stand by it because I've been eating it for a long time, yeah. is Patsy's on 117 and 1st, but you gotta eat, eat it in a joint. It's one of the only cold... Still, they still got cold, cold fire. fire, and but the only problem is if you take it to go, the fucking cheese rolls off. By the time you get home, the cheese is uh, on so the it's other. It's one seventeenth and first. Yeah, Patsy's restaurant. Patsy's restaurant. It's I been there since a hundred years. Yeah, but the yeah. pizza, you go there, you get a pizza and have it there. I'm telling you, it's there's only. I think Lombardi's. Lombardi's has cold, cold, and, and, cold that. and Patsy's. It. That's it. It was had to be grandfathered in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, so, what do you do for the holidays? Ain't it good? No, just the, I spend. I like to spend Thanksgiving and Christmas at home. Yeah, yeah I do I too. Come. But I gotta go see Margot because the boy's there. I promise I'm gonna have Thanksgiving and Christmas. I'll be home. I love New York Christmas time. Isn't it great? Yeah. Me wow. Too. So what we do is this. Coming up to Christmas, we're all festitatious. Right. We'll get a night when all the bell boy, everyone's singing and all that. Right. We'll have a beautiful Christmas dinner Absolutely. prior to Christmas yeah. together. Yes, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm inviting you. I'd like, to, I'd yes, like that very, no very much. You know, and uh, we do something every week. We do something every week. And I wish you so much. That's why your show is successful, Bo, because you've been a good guy. People love you. Well, I tell and, the truth. No, no, you tell it, and you tell the truth. Yeah. Whether it's good or bad, whether you want to hear it or not, you tell the truth. Yeah. And so, uh, people appreciate that. So though. we do something every week. We do a punk of the week. Punk of the week means it could be a person thing or something that bothers you. So we have a we have a thing called the punk of the week. 
I'll go home and get your fucking shine box. Don't ever go over my fucking head again, you motherfucker, you. Every dog has his thing. Put him in a fucking bitch. Well, hunk of the week is something that you don't like, but we did, uh, we did, I didn't give you no money for this. I'll give you a couple of dollars, because we stole the fucking line from your movie there. No, come on. <laughs> so the, my punk of the week is, I'm just a little pissed off, Chaz. Yeah. I pick up the paper the other day, and uh, Michelle Obama and President Obama, I respect them very, very much. Yeah. This is the same lady that said what? She wasn't proud to be an American until her husband got elected. Right. Yeah, yeah. So my point to her was that she should have left before he got elected president. How dare you not love this country? This country is a great country. Now they're together. They have a a a a, a foundation. Two hundred and fifty million dollars. Their net worth is seventy five million. Country's been pretty good to them. Yeah, so right. she's my punk of the month of the yeah. week because she should thank the lucky stars. America is the way it is. Your husband got elected. A black man got elected to president of the United States. That's why this is a great country. And God bless my country. She's my punk of the week. Who's your punk of the week? Wow. Anything. Any, yeah, I'm trying to think. My punk of the week. Uh, my punk of the week was, is uh, Manny Machado. I don't want him on the Yankees. <laughs> I think he's. I think he doesn't hustle. I, don't, I think he's got a bad attitude. And I don't care. And I think if we pay him thirty-five million dollars a year for ten years, we'll regret it after the first year. <laughs> hey, speaking of sports, did you watch that fucking game last night? What a great game! I couldn't go to sleep. Yeah. And that kid from the Chiefs. Yes. What a class character. He builds houses for veterans and stuff. Yeah. That is what kids should look up. Not that other asshole with the one knees and his... Yeah. That's a garbage can. This is a man, and he should be the my my saint of the week. Is that quarterback... Well, we could do from thank the, of the week because it's Thanksgiving. We'll, we should do a thank you. Well, thank my, you thank, my thanks for the be week thankful. is having that young man being a quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs class act. Class parents that brought him into this world, and that's what kids should look up for, right. not these other dirtbags. That's it. That's so, it. God yeah. bless, Bo. Well, I want to thank you so much, Chaz. And Carlo, take it away. All right, Chaz, I just got to tell you one quick story while I got you here. Sure. I grew up in the Bronx. Uh, you know, Bronx tells like the third testament in uh, for, for where I grew up. So I'm going home for Thanksgiving this Thursday, and, I, and my family would ne not speak to me if I don't tell them this story. So my uncle was actually an extra in a Bronx tale, uh, and you were uh, nice enough to take a picture with him when a shooting was done, and also Robert De Niro took a picture with him. Yeah. And uh, it, the two pictures hung next to a picture of the Pope and a <laughs> next to a picture of Jesus in my grandfather. Oh, 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 oh. For, for as long as they live. So thank you for being here. This is great, and my family's going to love it. So thanks for God uh, bless. Thank yeah, and I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving out there. Close it up, Carl. All right. So... Uh, we appreciate our fans. Keep sending us emails and stay tuned. We're keeping the guests coming. Uh, and, you know, we, we have every week a great guest. Follow us on social media at One Tough Podcast on Twitter. Bo is at Bo Deedle on Twitter and at The Real Bo Deedle on Instagram. You can find me at CJ Coutinho on all platforms. Also, fo follow our great producer, Brian McKay, at B McKay is right. Uh, give us a five star review. Uh, keep subscribing. How do you follow Mr. Chess? You follow me at Chess Palmentary. I'm on Instagram and uh, Twitter. All right, so we'll and get we're, those we're links. We're gonna up, put that. Oh, we'll there you go. For right, your yeah. restaurant. Yep, that's yeah. down there, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And my restaurant, Thirty West 
46th Street. And right. uh, I'm going to guarantee you, Mr. Bo Dietl will be there in the great month of December. You know what December 4th is? My fucking birthday. I think I'm coming there for my birthday, December 4th. What day of the week is that, Carl? It's a Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. Make a reservation, please. All right. Make a reservation. And there's one condition, because you don't know me that well. No, no, no. Well, no, 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 no. I will not go. I will not no. go. Listen to me. I invited you Simple, both. simple. I, everywhere I go in this fucking city, I tell people, and I'm very serious about it, if you don't fucking charge me, I'll never come back. I want to come to your restaurant, but I want you to be there with me. I will be but there. But there's no, make it for 10. I'm going to bring a couple other couple. There's one condition, Chaz. Please, please, I beg you, do not do that. Because to okay. me, it's an offense. I'll never forget when I was a young cop, and I used to hit the old mom and pop places for free sandwiches. Right. And I used to say to the guys, these fucking old people, they're making these sandwiches. They got to pay. You eat for free, you cocksuckers. I says, go, you're making overtime. Pay for your fucking sandwich. Well, what are you getting in the middle of this? Marone bread on 116th Street. Right. They used to go to the cops, get free bread. They would. I used to tell the Marone people, if you don't take my money, I'll never come back here. I used to throw $20 as I took four loaves of bread and run out of the fucking store. 20 I can't do that. Okay. And that's uh, the way my father okay. grew me up. Okay. And we'll be December 4th. I want to invite some more couples. You and your wife come. Are you open December 4th? I, I'm pretty sure. I just got to check with Stacy. Reinvite. And a nice seven o'clock dinner, and right. then I'm going to invite a couple of other couples. I'll invite Bert Capone, some other uh, good guys that we have, maybe Al Tomatoes, and we'll have a really <laughs> good time. Who else going? Who else we invite? Well, uh, Bert Capone, Al Tomatoes. Who else? I don't. know. You want to tell the whole guest list on the show for everybody here? <laughs> what? Maybe some people don't want it, want it out there. What? What is the secret storm? I don't know. Maybe maybe people don't want to. Well, let them come. If there's oh. a fucking problem, let them come. That's it. We're not worried if this. We're problem. not worried about right. any problem. But we'll, right. well, December fourth, my birthday. You know what you could do. What? Get a nice cake. Okay. You got the cake. I got it. You got the cake. I got it. I got the wine and the food. The you got the cake. Oh, you got to bring the cake from Arthur Avenue. You got to get it from. Uh, I'm gonna get the cake. Don't worry. Okay. About you get the. Who's that nice show. guy? I went to his cannoli joint. Oh, Jerome. Jerome, the uh, Gino's Pastry, best cannolis in the, around. Very in the good. Send my love to them. I, that's where I met you that day when I, Gino, when I was right. running for asshole mayor. Yeah. Gino's Pastry, Mike's Deli, Title Brothers, Casa Yeah, we were, we were all over the joint. I put them all in Bronxdale. Well, all I can say is one thing. The one benefit of running for mayor of this city was all the great people I've met all over the city, right. including all the people up there by Arthur Avenue yeah. and all that classy people. Great people. And I had some nice response from them. No, too bad no one could find me on the fucking ballot. You know what they did to me. All the mayor candidates were on the upper left. Yeah. I on a, on a, They had this big ballot. I looked for my name. I can't find it. Now I'm voting. In the morning. Now, I can't find my own fucking name. How's right. anybody going to vote for me? I find my name on the bottom right, next to the bottom, next to some fucking Chinese guy. I said, if I can't find my own fucking name, how's people going to vote for me? Right. But you know what? I did it. I didn't back off. And when I called him a thief, pay for play criminal right. to the mayor de Blasio, right. I did it. And I said it to his face. He didn't have any fucking balls to come back. Yeah. And at the end, you know what I said to him? After the cameras went off, yeah, I went to shake his hand. He wouldn't shake my hand. I said... Go fuck yourself, Big Bird. That was the best thing I ever did running for mayor. Right. And that's it. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Charles. Right. Thank you. All right. See you next week. Email all your questions. One stop podcast at gmail.com. Well, for my entire life, I've always battled with my weight.
And I went from being kind of a chunky kid. Yeah, I used to have to go to Sears to buy my jeans and I used to buy the Husky jeans, the corduroys with my mom. Very embarrassing. And I've gone from being overweight to super skinny and crying and taking weight gainer because I wanted to be a wrestler so bad and not uh, being able to gain weight. So now being at 47, well, I have uh, almost hit 300 pounds at one point. I want to do it purposely. I kind of want to do the Homer Simpson, where if I uh, went over 302 pounds, I could collect disability from the government. I have failed at that. So I figured a decent segment would be... Bum, bum, bum. Ladies and gentlemen, what does Tommy Dreamer weigh this week? <laughs> After dieting from Friday, Saturday, Sunday... Until I came home. I dieted, I'm sorry, I dieted Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then I came home on Sunday. And I'm telling you, when I dieted, I had oatmeal and egg whites. I dieted every single day, protein shakes, did cardio, tipped the scales at 272 pounds. And then it would have been less, but Sunday night I came home and my kids had a Halloween party. And I got home late from my flights and I had a two black and white cookies, four hot dogs, three pieces of pizza, some guacamole dip, soup, and what else did I have? Oh, brownies, Rice Krispie treats, and uh, other things. I had a, a gorging fat fest of my fat cells were in overdrive, and that's kind of how I am because I don't sleep. And this was all late at night. This was at two o'clock in the morning. That's the best time to eat, the get, best time to gain weight. And then, of course, I go into carb overload and I fall asleep. So back to dieting. I want to be 255. So this segment of what does Tommy Dreamer weigh this week? I will have fans call in. I will have celebrities call in. I will have people looking at me and try to guess what I weigh. And this week, it's 272 pounds. And just to let you know, I have gained 13 pounds in one week. I've also lost 11 pounds in one week. So this is a game that is based pure upon my gluttony or based upon my pure fact of being so stupid. Thank you very much.